I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Warning. The following podcast contains strong language and themes of an adult nature, including offensive words, lewdness, risque situations, implied nudity, sexual content, poor behavior, depravity, innuendo, lecherous thoughts, naughty actions, anachronisms, indelicate expressions, feats of lyrical sublimity, suggestive imagery, obscenity, eroticism, farce, mischief, romance, high art, tomfoolery, feminism, early modern English, sex positivity, irony, comedy, drama, and satire. It is not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Enjoy. Hanging of the shrew, high Shakespearean smut for the lowly stage. Presented to you in five acts of tongue and cheek. Previously on the Banging of the Shrew, out of pride and spite, Kate has agreed to sleep with Peter, and Luke and Bianca confess their love in secret. Act 4, Scene 1. The Midwife at Work. Uh, oh, Josephine, how oft hast thou been warned to take precautions each and every time of work if to prevent thy tin roof rusted? Now late, haps in the family way, dear girl. Oh, Vic, what trouble. I hope tis not so. <sighs> if so, tis so, and I will give thee treatment. Worry not, dead rabbits can be revived. Now off with thee and get some rest today. Thanks, midwife. (sighs) Oi, buttercup, midwife's free. (sighs) Don't tell me thou art pregnant too, Bianca. Oh, goodness, no. (laughs) Oh, no? I'd swear this rosy flush in thy cheek is the first showing that an infant grows in thee. Pray, Art thou babied? Midwife, I know not from whence came this blush. If not the womb, maybe thy heart's afflicted? Ah, see, thy knees are weak, but pulse is strong. Ah, I have it now. Art not babed, 
but in love. No doubt with that pup Luke, which means tis certain he'll plant a baby in thee soon enough. Oh, Helen, thou dost tease me, but tis true. I am in love with Luke, dear Luke, and have to him pledged both my heart and more, in kind if he will take it. But alas, we've yet to lay as lovers do in bed together. How I long for that minute's sweet arrival. And not a minute more by one so young. How splendid it will be. I cannot wait. He'll lay me down and I'll unknot my clothes for him. And I will feel his weight on me. And he will tell me that he loves me so. And then, well, shooting stars and fireworks. I see. It sounds the perfect fairy tale. It is. At least, I think that's how our sex will be. Will it, midwife? I must admit I've never done it before. Thus far, my duty's been just hand jobs in the brothel. Well, who's to say? Perhaps it's changed since I was young and all young men were inept fools. And sex is now as fanciful and grand as if it were a play, writ large for stage, complete with costumes, well-lit and rehearsed, and always curtains falling to applause. Go thou, and find out for thyself, and if tis true, well, take a bow, then do an encore. <laughs> I, for the sake and service of young love, it is experience, both bad and good, that makes the woman. With the apple bitten, much then can grow from youth's unseasoned whims. But what will it be like? Will it be good? In sooth, that's for thee to uncover, sweeting. But thou wilt find thy answer in short time by the frame of a certain pining youth of whom we know who have novice good looks and eager untried limbs, a smooth chest brimmed full of romantic notes and bright-faced features with wisps of what might someday prove a mustache. Aye, go hence to thy bedchamber, the boy thou pinest for, thy anxious Luke, I sent in secret there to wait for thee alone. Oh! <laughs> Midwife, what perfect news thou deliverest! Go then, girl. Hie thee happy to thy bedroom. <laughs> Anon, good nurse, thank you. I shall not wait. <laughs> <clears throat> in nine months' time, methinks more likely true, I shall deliver more than just good news. <clears throat> Um, was that the young Bianca whom I just spied departing down the corridor in haste? No, no, not she, but twas some other girl. What can I help you with, Signora Horrence? Hmm. Ah, there you are, doctor. I demand to know if you have finished the examinations. <clears throat> I have. Well, have you got results? I have. Pray then tell me. By the monies I've paid? I have, as you've commissioned me to do, conducted and concluded with exams of all the women living here, and so have diagnosed and subsequently treated each ailment and condition that I found. A cough, three cases of bruised thighs, a few sore throats, a pregnancy, assorted rashes of unknown cause, and one odd case of crabs. But all in all, they are all in good health, well cared for daily by good midwife Helen. Well and fine. But what of the fair Bianca? The horns of this goat need no sharper point. Pray, is she clean and virginal? She is. Oh, 
as I suspected by her flawless outward appearance, I'm most pleased by this fair judgment. She'll make as courtesan a pleasing prize. Call her. I'll interview her right away. She's not yet ready. I shall wait no more. You will. Uh, I'll fetch her shortly as you please. <clears throat> but you know how young ladies are. They've yet to please themselves, so cannot yet please others. Uh, I suppose it is so. And so supposed correctly, just as any civil man of better suiting needs would do. Tis true. Not like a virgin girl, of course. Of course. A virgin. Ha! How laughable she is to any man of worldliness and sense. Don't you agree? Such an experience. No thought nor any skill at all of pleasure. I, I must agree with you as well, Signore. Well earned in our advancing years. Our prize is that we have outgrown these childish notions. We know how green and empty those days were. The fumblings of blind inexperience. How small our pleasures then compared to what we've mastered by the knowledge gained through living. Thus we are riper with a wiser knowing. Experience demands experience. So true, as like Madame Baptista, too. Just think of all the years she's had to hone her skills, amassing secrets of technique, the likes never imagined by Bianca. Where virgins think that just a pliant touch is all, Baptista doth command her years as would a captain of his troops, and knows more than only soft, but hard, and fierce, and pinch, and slap, and kinky trick as well. She does? I kink is much more to your liking. But she's so old. Age is a better prize. Come, uh, we will show you your prospective virgin and rightly prove that youth's the worser choice. More, you ask? Don't fret. The banging of the shrew will return right after this. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like what you hear? Then rate and review us on your favorite podcast service. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Banging of the Shrew. And visit our website at bangingoftheshrew.com. And tell a friend about us, too. We now return to The Banging of the Shrew, a comedy of sex, love, and foul language in five acts. Act four, scene two. Fie, fie on fickle hearts in love and war. (laughs) 
This robe will do, I think. It frames me well. Hmm. I shall not dress, nor will I need this robe for long. It suits the brief time I will have it hang about me for its cast to floor, because I'll not need covering for long. <laughs> In modest truth, I make a handsome person. I think Kate will be pleased when she arrives. <clears throat> But why this fuss and effort on appearance? Have I not paid to forfeit such contrivance? For Kate? Tis a wonder I think so much of her at all in primping ways like these. Maybe she's hexed me with some heady spell that fixed a toad's ambition to my mind. A prayer that kissing will turn lead to gold, as desperate fools beg alchemists to do. But she a mage, a witch, a daunting hag? No. She is but a playmate, but a girl. She won't outmatch my pluck and grit of play. And checkmate, board and bed, I'll be her victor. To win, the plan is plain, yet built of stone. <clears throat> to make hot keep my prize, tis not enough to throw her on the bed and ravish her. She's too strong. I then must be stronger. So I will meet her in every opposition. Say that she wants to fuck straight off. I'll put her off, claiming the pleasures in the wait. Say that she's rude. Why then, I'll curtsy straight and be the gentlest of gentlemen. Say she is cold. My lust will be so hot that ice will melt and promptly flash to steam. Say that she's mean. Then I will proffer naught but niceties, kindness, sugar, and cream. I'll frustrate each her moves and dominate the game. I'll counter till she's cornered. Then, when she can war no more, her will worn through, her taming true, then I'll take her to bed and fuck her till I'm blue. God, twill be fine! Oh, the greatest of pleasures will be had. Such ecstasy as like Nirvana gained. Our fornication will be monumental. I'll be her greatest lover. She, great sexed and beautiful, will greet my skill with lust, the like she's never felt with any other. The folks in field will think the gods at play. The self-same gods will envy us our joy, and we will be most satisfied. Success! <sighs> Success. But then what? I fear to achieve her in this effort may cost more of me than I'm accustomed to paying. Not in coin, but something firmer of my constitution. I swear, if any other girl had given me as much trouble as this woman has already, I'd already be departed to the next girl without a second thought. On second thought, perhaps she is bewitching me, a sorceress. What else can explain how this preoccupation came about but that I'm victim of her charms and magic? If not, what? Love? Love. Ha! I'd be a fool to even nod its merest notion. Love. But still, there could be peace here if I stayed. My roaming ended. This settled place, home. Mistress Kate, my partner, and me... A husband? <sighs> Enough, foolish man. Stick up thy resolve. These errant musings do not but distract from the true task at hand. 
to conquer Kate, to have and to possess her in my will. I feel excited. Kate, a worthy foe. Perhaps my other robe will better charm her. Yes, I think we'll give her more a thrill. <laughs> he that knows better how to bang a shrew, now let him speak. Tis charity to show. <clears throat> Enter. I'm here. Let's get this over with. What's this? No lust or passion in thee, Kate? You have my body at a price, but not a drop of passion for you can be purchased. So let's not prolong these abhorrent greetings. I'm not yet in the mood. Not in the mood? The lust just isn't in me as of yet. A drink, pet? No. Come now, as you are male, the mood as it strikes you has very little influence on the functions of your cock. Oh, Kate, thou prickst my feelings by thy haste. In both thy estimations of me and insistence, we go straight away to fucking. Let's have more, though I know at heart thou wantest it now, naughty girl. But I think I'd like the full girlfriend experience with thee. What? Let us have some kissing on the lips. Good God! Some foreplay, some tender caresses. I am to be sick! Come, sit. I want to cuddle and have thee understand me, turtle dove. You surely must be joking. Oh, not I. Let's play house. I'll pretend to be the tired husband who's just come home from work, and thou shalt play his better half, the loving wife. I'll tell thee how I lost the new account, and thou shalt stroke my hair, listen, and say how much thou dost adore thy handsome fellow. I would first vomit for those words came out. Bye. I agreed to fuck you, but I'll not by any means consent to like you, man. Tut, tut, Katie. What, have I plucked some string in thee discordantly? Fret not if thou art out of tune, my dear. I thought thou hadst consented to thy duty, being what thou art, to be my rousing instrument, my play. Do not dare lecture me again about what thou wilt never understand, you oaf. Oh, Bonnie Kate, I am most sorely vexed with thee and thy obtuseness. Such ill temper. Thou art provoking me for thy enjoyment. <laughs> Closely, Kate. Art thou irked? I only taunt thee toward me for the purpose of our game, wherein the play's more fun when I am master. Is that so? I will show him who is master. What, Kate? Well, if thou wishest to be master, I'll be thy slave. <clears throat> me, dearest lord. Huh. Well, as it should be, I will order thee. Take off thy robe. Why, yes, sir. Art thou pleased? No, I am not. The bra and panties are ill-fitting and of gaudy taste and cut. I like them not. Then I shall strip them off my body straight away. If they displease. No. Put on thy robe. At thy pleasure, sir.
Expound for me, sweet Kate, the subject of my handsome looks and what my virtues are. What is there to expound upon, my lord, that is not already self-evident? Tis my command, Kate. Wilt thou not obey? <clears throat> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? No, 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 no. I've heard that one before. <clears throat> I find thee most attractive of all men. In faith, when I first gazed upon thy features, as brawny and imposing as they are, I did put up a mock facade to thee, if only to protect me from myself, for I confess it now, in secret, I was most inflamed by what I saw, from eyes to chest to loins, all set a-quivering as no man has afflicted me before. Oh, how the fates did conspire to hatch a man as singular as thee, and then entreat my heart to stir. What godly feet! Thy height is tall, but not too tall. Thou art not too old, nor art thou too young. Thine eyes are bright, thy body fit, thy face is noble, and thou art wise and witty. Thou dost make me laugh an honest laugh. <laughs> By words and look, I can hardly believe that such a tongue and such a well-built body be connected. Oh, that it were my bob that tongue contacted. And when I think upon how I was chosen over all the other unlucky girls to stand before thee thus, the fervent feelings that this invokes are too much to describe. Oh, how... Now, Kate, I know thee to be wrong. If sayest thou that I am handsome, then I must be ugly. If thou sayest I am witty, why, most surely I am dull. Sayest thou art a quiver in thy loins, I know thou art a stone. And when thou sayest thy heart's inflamed, I know that thou art cold. The only truth I heard was thou desirest a tongue-lashing. For that thou needst be punished. As thou sayest, thou art the writer, sir. That crop there on the table... Seest it? Aye. Fetch it hither. But use hast thou with the riding crop? Have I been misbehaving? I'll not be questioned. Bring it to me now. If this but serve thy hand, please take it, sir. On hands and knees, I bend to this direction. Sir, thou art right in every way. I've been a very bad girl, so willful and naughty and vexing to thee. I need to be punished. Oh, yes, I need it by thy forceful hand. Oh, how I yearn to hear that crack and suffer the sharp and biting sting of leather cutting across my thighs, my ass. I ache for it. The crop is raised, but why dost thou delay? 
By my goodwill, I choose to give thee mercy. Oh, please, please do not stay thy hand. I beg thee, spank me. Spank me! I have been so bad, and only thou canst chasten me so good. Do what thou wilt, and I will thank thee, for the pleasure thou meet out would be pure rapture. What? Are you troubled? Isn't this the thing you want? Submission and obedience? What say you? Is this not a woman's duty? Fie, fie, and knit that threatening, unkind brow, and dart not scornful glances from those eyes. If I did wound my lord, my governor, it blots my beauty as frost bites the meads, confounds my fame as whirlwinds shake fair buds, and in no sense is meet or amiable. A woman moved is like a fountain, troubled, muddy, ill-seeming, thick, bereft of beauty, and while it is so, none so dry or thirsty will deign to sip or touch one drop of it. A man is woman's lord, her life, her keeper, her head, her sovereign, one that cares for her, and for her maintenance commits his body to painful labor both by sea and land, to watch the night and storms, the day and cold, while she lies warm at home, secure and safe, and craves no other tribute at her hands but sex, fair looks, and true obedience. Too little payment for so great a debt. Such duty as the subject owes the prince, even such a woman oweth to her man. And when she is froward, peevish, sullen, sour, and not obedient to his will, what is she but foul, contending, rebel, and graceless traitor to her loving lord? I am ashamed we women are so simple to offer war where we should kneel for peace or seek for rule, supremacy, and sway when we are bound to serve, love, and obey. Why are our bodies soft and weak and smooth, unapt to toil and trouble in the world, but that our Soft conditions and our hearts should well agree with our external parts. Come, come, you forward, unable worm. My mind hath been as big as yours, my heart as great, my reason happily more, to bandy word for word and frown for frown. But now I see my lance is but a straw, my strength as weak, my weakness past compare, so seeming to be most which I am least. I'll veil my stomach for it is no boot, and place my hand below your heavy foot, in token of which duty, if you please, my hand is ready. May it do you ease.
What, sir? Do I not please thee? With thy mocking. Mocking? I only gave you what you requested. I'll ask no more. In faith, my mood hath fled. In faith, by look of you, I see it's true. What's perished all your appetite? Am I too cooked and tasteless? No. Tis but some beef I had this eve that's turned my humors ill. I fear my blood's been cooled and turned to bile. Poor babe. Need you a nurse? Perhaps a nanny. No. But the hour's late, my mind is dulled, and I no longer need thy company. I bid thee go. No. I will not go. You'll not be the first ill duller that I've had to humor in my bed, nor last, I'm sure. Fie! All the pains you took to prick, to go to mar my name, and to abuse mine honor, and now insult my pride the more by feigning a loss of will when you are nearly bested. To forfeit is how cowards play. Kate, go. How fickle lust is in the hearts of men, and how correct I was in my first judgment. You are below me, not worth what I am worth. You are as the wind when spent upon the mountain, moon, or sea. Vain gusts that come from nothing break, then dissipate again. A fruitless breath gainst more abiding things. A man? Ha! I, what a man you are. You are a bad man. Such a poor example, not just of menfolk, but of all mankind. Kate, is it not the blowing wind that moves the sea to storm and rage? <clears throat> a fish's fart is after cause. In you, it's but the same. <laughs> oh, you vex me, Kate, and it doth give me cheer. Though cross for cross, I cannot say you're wrong. My pride is to be true. Let's do our business. Mm. By troth, you are provoked. Be what thou wilt, Kate. I will have thee. Every part of thee. <laughs> On the next episode of The Banging of the Shrew. Sex! Um, am I in? Um, I think... There? Ouch! Yes, there! Oh, my. Oh, my! Uh, Gods, that was great fucking. Well worth the war preceding it. If this is war we wage, then that was but a battle fought. And he hath triumphed not. Foot play. Now, strap my shoes upon my feet. The heels. All that and more on the next episode of The Banging of the Shrew. The Banging of the Shrew was written, directed, and produced by Joseph Stephen Leonardo, 
with additional material from Act 5, Scene 2 of The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. No relation. And starred Bridget Garwood as Kate, Isaiah Music Ayala as Peter, Brianna McKay as Bianca, Perry Shields as Horace, Melissa Marks as Helen Heckett, Michael Grancolas as Dr. Lawrence, Maggie Gagliardi as Josephine, and was narrated by me, Sam Kelly. Our sound engineer was Lynn Earls at EMP Studios. Music for The Banging of the Shrew was written, arranged, recorded, and produced by Zach Tabor. Editing and sound design by Joseph Leonardo. With Foley by JRS Productions. Maggie Gagliardi was our production assistant. And cover art was created by Haley Breen. And additional artwork and illustrations created by Mia Passarelli. Matthew Michetich and Joseph Stephen Leonardo, executive producers. Special thanks to Bridget Garwood, Daniel Kluge, Scott Forbes, Matt Temple, Todd A.O., Jeff Peters, David Jeffries, Scott Haller, Tim Hooten, Sarah Lonka, Leland Jackness, Alex Rapport, Julia Stein, and Oliver Baker. And a very special thanks to Hannah Posty. Like what you hear? Then rate and review us on your favorite podcast service. And tell a friend about us, too. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Banging of the Shrew. And visit our website at bangingoftheshrew.com. Thank you for listening. And join us again for the next episode of The Banging of the Shrew. This has been a Tango Silent Films production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.